0: welcome builders from lakeland florida this is the build your success leadership podcast with your host brian brogen we're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others now let's build up with your host brian brogen
1: hello builders welcome to the build your success podcast good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you're listening to this whenever you're listening to this We're grateful to have you as a listener. We appreciate all of our listeners and those that are new uh, listeners and those that are returning listeners. We're glad to have you as well. Here at the Build Your Success podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our special guests, through some of the corporate training we do and our events and, and coaching that we do, so strategic coaching. But today we've got a great guest. We've got Diana Boer. Diana, is she helps organizations to communicate clearly and leaders to increase their influence by a strong executive presence. Sometimes she does that with a published book. She is the best-selling author of over 49 books that are published in 62 foreign languages, including Creating Personal Presence and Communicate Like a Leader. She has Her work has been featured at Good Morning America, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and Fast Company. Her clients include more than one-third of the Fortune 500 companies, so what a great... Uh, intro bio for Diana, welcome to the podcast today.
2: Thank you, Brian. It's great to be with you.
1: It sounds like you've been all over the world, got a lot of experience helping folks develop themselves and and, and communicate clearly. So enjoy that about you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You got to well, do something sitting on those planes in those airports, right?
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am. Stay productive while you're sitting and waiting on, on airplanes. So that, that's great. And then hotels, you said as well, when you're doing these speaking events. So that's awesome. Right, right. Well, Diana, I'm going to ask you what we ask all of our guests. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Diana Boer?
2: Well, I would say that the essence of leadership is communication. And that's because that's how leaders get their work done. If if you think about it, leaders really are not paid to be the worker bees. They are the ones who have to do what they do through other people. They, they make a decision or do the strategic planning, but then the way they get that accomplished, that initiative, that goal, that vision accomplished is by communicating that vision to other people, by, by getting feedback, by asking guiding questions, by, uh, by directing other people, motivating other people, inspiring other people to actually implement and so if you boil all those tangents, those things down, it is, in essence, communication.
1: That is great. I, I love to help people. You know, that's one of the number one things that when I speak with corporations that they have a problem with is communication. It's just the the one that really needs help and people need encouragement with. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. One of the things you wrote about leadership in your application, you said the end game is part of Positive outcomes for the common good. Of course, I underlined common because I think positive outcomes for everyone, the whole team, the common good. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, you know, a lot of people think that they are great communicators just because they talk a lot (laughs) and that's not necessarily the measure of great communication. It's knowing what you want to achieve, that positive outcome, and then thinking what is the best way to get the people on my team to accomplish that. It may not be telling, 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 directing people, but it might be formulating the best prompt questions, guiding them through a discussion in that strategic meeting, to lead them to come up with the best creative ideas. So thinking from the end backward to, to, to get them to that positive outcome. And sometimes it's, it's moderating a conflict toward that positive outcome. Sometimes it's you don't know that positive outcome, but it is uh, guiding them to brainstorm that creative positive outcome. So, their communication is just such a broad, broad area. I know when I started out in my business, I started on just clear writing because I would have the vice president of engineering, for example, of Shell Oil said, "Can you come out and teach our engineers how to write?" And then when IBM called, the problem was they can't present. Uh, our salespeople call on our you know sales consultants call on a, a client, and we just spit out a proposal to them, but they don't really understand the value that we're adding. And so it's just a broad area, but it's all about that positive income and uh, outcome and how do you get people there?
1: Yeah, that that is wonderful in helping them get that. You know, you, you had a Ferdonian slip there about the income, but your outcome is is a result. It will, your income will be a result of that. So that that's good to know there. Right. No,
2: no. It, it could be even just leading the team. You know, I, I know uh, at one point a client came in and said, We've got a team. We're, we're trying to merge two companies, and we've got one's, one of the the acquired company sitting on this side of the table and the acquirer sitting on this side of the table. And we're, we're getting nowhere. I've been trying to be this consulting company said I've been the, the liaison between these two groups that are just warring factions and they're not merging like we're supposed to do. And so part of the negotiation was the communication between them. I can't get them to work together. So again, it's a communication challenge to come to that positive outcome. So it's a very broad topic to learn how to communicate in all those different facets, but it's all toward that positive outcome. And you, if you don't have those skills as a leader, you're just not gonna get there.
1: That is a fact. Well, my mentor, John Maxwell says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And here in your application, you said the stronger his or her influence grows, the stronger the leader becomes. What he or she does with that influence depends upon their character and their integrity. And so I think that's a big thing a lot of people miss when they're talking about leadership is character and integrity. So speak to us about that, Diana.
2: Uh, Absolutely. You know, I've been speaking about executive presence for about 30 years. And I talk about, I ask people, what constitutes someone's executive presence, and they will name 25, 30, 35 things. And I said, you know, that all boils down to four buckets of information, how someone looks, talks, thinks, and then all the other. And by all the other, I mean character, integrity, competence. And those are the things that you can't teach. And I said, and the first three I can teach you those in a, in a three-hour event, four-hour event. I can talk about how you word things, how you think on your feet, how you respond to difficult questions and hostile questions. I can't teach character. That, that is something that's been developed out of your habits over a lifetime. But we can talk about what it is and how it's formed and the extreme difficulty in changing it. But we can show you what it looks like. But that is uh, that trust and that integrity is built over a long period of time through decision after decision after decision. And that is the most important. It's difficult to to gauge someone's integrity and character on first blush. I mean, you can walk up to somebody and you judge quickly about how they express themselves, their, their body language. But that's much more shallow. It's easy to, easy to recognize, but it's shallow. Character is difficult to recognize on first blush, you know, in the first 30 seconds, as they always say. But it's much more important. Just hard to distinguish until you are around them.
1: Diana, that is great. And, and I heard you say that character and, and the trust and integrity take a long time to build. And, and 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 it happens over a long
2: time. <laughs> and I was going to say still, it's it's moments
1: it. yeah. moments to destroy it. I mean you can make a, a mistake and just lose your character and integrity from someone else's perspective.
2: Yeah. So you just got
1: to be very careful especially when you're the leader. I mean yes. it, it's very very challenging.
2: Yeah, when somebody sees uh, in other words the persona that you've created in front of your group, in front of your team, that who you pretend to be and then they see you quote off stage, behind the scenes make a decision that is totally contrary to what you present in in public and it's gone just like that reputation integrity the reputation for integrity is gone just like that
1: yeah so so hard to maintain and and, but you got to be you got to do it i mean it's not unachievable but it's definitely something you got to work at
0: we hope you're enjoying today's podcast this podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode.
1: So one of the other things you said here is information is not communication. I think this is great. I hear a lot of people say you can never give too much information, all those things, but we we do need to understand that it's not communication. I actually wrote down a study that I've studied was says that 80 to 90% of communication is nonverbal. So so that goes to show that information is not communication. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, you know, what happens and and we've done a lot of, of research around this among our clients but what happens is when we do surveys and we ask do, are you aware of the initiatives are you aware of the goals do you know what's expected of you etc employees routinely say no i'm not aware uh, of this project or this initiative or what was going on and when you ask the executive the decision maker uh, have you communicated this? They just scratch their head and they say, well, "What do they mean?" There's no information. There's no communication. And you've heard that line. There's just no communication around here when people complain. Oh, there's just no communication around here. Why didn't they tell us so and so? And that executive or that manager is just scratching their head, saying, "What do they mean by that?" We've got it on the website. We have it on the, we have it on our internal uh, intranet. We have we sent out an email on it. We made an announcement at the uh, the all hands meeting, etc. But what they're thinking is we are sending out announcements, information. But what people are saying is it was not applicable to me. I didn't, I didn't internalize it. The examples that you gave didn't relate to me. So there's a big difference in having information facts going one way and applying that to, to your situation there's a big gap there so it, it's got to be two-way communication that really connects to to the head and the heart and and that's the that's the difference
1: Diane I like that and I, I it makes me think of you know it's got to be two-way but there's three-part communication the sender and the receiver the sender sends a message the receiver re- repeats it back to them make sure they understood what they heard and then they they re Gurgitated again to make sure this is what I said and that you understood it. And, and it's I think verified. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That it's verified. And I think too often, as you're alluding to executives and management teams send out, there may be a banner on the wall. There may be all these push communications and they haven't really made it a connection with their employees and and, and to get them to understand this initiative.
2: You know, even one-on-one, one thing I do when I'm uh, doing a, a training session or, or a speech, I'll ask people when you when you delegate a project, when you give information. Frequently, somebody will will make an announcement, or they will even give give a, uh, directions for something, and then they'll wind up by saying, thinking they're verifying. They'll say, D- "Do you understand? Are, are are you following me?" And what do people do? They always shake their head and say, they "Yeah, nod. uh-huh." They nod, <laughs> but. I mean, what are they going to say? No, I'm stupid. I don't get it. I mean, nobody's going to say that. They just walk out thinking, I, even if they don't understand, they walk out and think, well, I'll ask somebody. I'll, I'll talk to so-and-so. They'll, they'll fill me in on what they meant by so-and-so. Nobody wants to look stupid. So what you have to do when you give something you think might be, you delegate something you think might be unclear, is to take the initiative on yourself to verify they understand by asking verifying questions. Um, How do you think that this will affect your people? What kind of pushback do you think you might get from your team? Uh, What's the first step you might take in um, implementing this in your department? And when you ask those verifying questions and get people talking back to you, then you personally, the person who's delegating, can verify that the person you're speaking to can understand. That's what I mean about taking the initiative that someone really has heard you and only then can you really, can you really verify that they're drawing the conclusion about what you said, the the information that you've given out.
1: That is wonderful. And I think it's a great segue into something that you do a lot of. You talk about influence, expanding the leadership's influence through strong personal presence. So uh, I believe that's like managed by walking around, getting out and, hearing from people. So tell us a little bit more about how you encourage leaders to uh, expand their influence through personal presence.
2: Well, I'm not necessarily talking about management by walking around, although that's a great principle. That's a great leadership principle. But I'm talking about when someone speaks, when they speak, when they give a, a briefing in a meeting or when they're just sitting in a meeting and they offer ideas and, so, and the leader, or the facilitator of the meeting looks around and says, does anyone have an idea? You hear people all the time <laughs> complain that someone else got credit for their idea or they say, well, I brought that up, but I never heard anything back. Uh, I, I sent that idea, up, but leadership or management never got back to me on it. Often the problem is, or even when they're passed over for promotion, they thought they should have got a promotion and they didn't. Often what's happening is that they do not have the personal presence to to have the influence that people really listen to what they're saying and act on it. You know, Brian, when you've been in a room and someone of influence walks in, Sometimes heads turn, you know, conversation opens up and and they get included and people go, ah, that's that's somebody that we need, should note. And you can tell when an quote, important person walks in, that's a person with extreme influence, with executive presence. And what I mean by that is they they're persuasive. They they have a way of expressing themselves either verbally or in writing that people pay attention to when they speak up, people listen. And it has to do with, I I mentioned the three earlier that you could teach and that is the way they speak, the way they express themselves, the way they look, they, they, with their body language, they command attention with their gestures, with their facial expressions, with their posture, the way they move their handshake, all of that body language. So the way they look to other people, the way they speak, their, their speaking pattern. It's not like, you know, when you have a problem, let's say with your credit card and you call and the other person says, "Um, I'm not sure we can make that adjustment. I'll, I'll let me ask around and I'll call back. You know, you know, you're not talking to the boss when you get that timid voice as opposed to someone who says, yes, yes, sir, Uh, that's not your purchase. Okay, we'll remove it immediately, and I'll let you know if there's any problem. Just with that tone of voice and that smooth pattern of speech, you know you're talking to someone with authority. So the way you look, the way you speak, and the way you think, your decision-making in extemporaneous situation the way they take charge. Those are the three ways that you have influence over people in any kind of situation. That's what I mean by executive presence that expands your influence over a group, even when they don't know your character that we were talking about earlier.
1: Wow, that's that's very intuitive. I, I'm excited that, that you encourage people to understand that even, that, that the presence means something and, and how you can use that uh, to, to be a leader. And that's just wonderful. You know, something else you're passionate about is helping people become authors and how they can expand their influence through a published book. So, so tell us, maybe give us an example of some books you've helped folks with, and then how you do that as, as a author coach, I would say.
2: Well, yes, I I've been doing that for about three decades, not necessarily getting, getting paid for it and coaching, uh, But just helping friends until the last couple of years. In the last couple of years, I actually have established a book coaching uh, business. But just uh, for leaders who want to get their message, whatever it is, if they're a consultant, if they're an entrepreneur, if they have a small business, now we have access to compete with the Fortune 500 companies. We have access to get our word out there. So publishing is one of those great ways to do it. You know, we used to have the slogan, "publisher parish" perish for the professors in universities, and they really had to publish a book to get noticed. But now, small business people and professionals, doctors, uh, real estate agents, uh, almost anyone who has a small business needs to publish a book to to establish their authority. In fact, you know, Brian, we even say it in conversation. You ask somebody, do they... Do are they really an expert in this area? Do they know what they're talking about? And we say, Oh yeah, he he wrote the book on that. You, you need to get in touch with him. So it really means that someone knows what they're talking about. And if they get published by Penguin Random House or Simon and Schuster or McGraw Hill, you you know that they have expertise because they've been vetted.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it they become an authority, you know, when they have when they have a book and especially if you know if it's in their writing, their voice, uh they can definitely become someone that is, is sought after to, to be the, the voice of leadership. That is amazing. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to bring up your website for those that are watching this on YouTube. We've got her website for this book camp. It's called boorbookcamp.com. That's B-O-O-H-E-R-B-O-O-K-C-A-M-P.com. For those that are listening to the podcast, we'll include this in the show notes. So this is how you can find out about, her book camp, and and how she can help you publish your own book with with a leading uh, publishing company. So so that's awesome. Yeah, and you
2: ask about several people. uh, I'm just thrilled to death because several people that have been through this have published their book. One uh, guy just recently got a huge deal with Penguin Random House, which is the largest uh, publisher in the U.S., And uh, it is a fabulous way if you're a small business owner to get your book published and get it out to the world. If you have a message that you want to communicate and get it out to the world in foreign countries, I mean, because our U.S. publishers have offices in the and sell translation rights. So it goes to the world. And and then, of course, people start calling you to speak and uh, coach and all those other things. So it's it's a great way to distinguish yourself and expand your influence.
1: That's great. And then also you have the website, uh, boorresearch.com So tell the listeners what they can find there.
2: Yes. If you go there, then you'll see the, the other things that I do. I talk about primarily communication, whether it's oral or written or uh, interpersonal skills, organizational wide uh, books that address that. And of course my coaching and and keynoting.
1: That is great. So for the listeners, we'll have all of that in the show notes. We appreciate you Listening to the podcast today, if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks for watching it there. Leave us a like, an honest rating and review. We appreciate that from you. If I can ever help you in any way, give me a call, 863-800-9658. Also visit our website, buildcs.net. You can see some events we're doing. Just check that all out. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others.